Friday the 22nd of September 2017. I got up early this morning as Marsha's placement is Friday mornings. The only placement that he has in the morning it is usually an afternoon start every other day. I want to make sure that he has a decent breakfast before he goes. He's not a great breakfast eater, but I might be able to tempt him. Henry, our gardener, comes in this morning to do three hours work. He is such a lovely man and has been coming to us for ten years, doing all the jobs that are too heavy for me. He grows a lot of vegetables himself and there is often a chug of vegetables or fruits sitting on the doorstep. Figs and cape gooseberries are one of his specialities and when my tomatoes failed this year because of blight, he brought in some of his. He has just cleared some old rose beds for me and I am hoping that he will cut some of the vine back which is hanging very overgrown at the back of Nicky's cottage. At the moment he is cutting out all the light in my scullery. It is noticeably darker in the mornings now. At the end of October we change the clocks and in our time they go back an hour. That apparently started during World War II to enable the farmers enough light to do their job and produce enough food. We still do have the time change, for some reason remembering whether it is forward or back when autumn and spring comes around seems to evade most people. A little rhyme that is often used as a memory jogger is spring forward and fall back, fall being the American word for autumn. It really is one of those spectacular mornings this morning. The sky is pale blue and the sunlight is falling through the trees in the nut walk in a most spectacular way. The hens, who David always lets out very early before he goes to work, have all found a patch of sun and are dust bathing as if they knew that soon these sunny days will not be so frequent. It is very silent and peaceful in the hen compound. It's almost certainly my imagination, but there does appear to be an air of expectancy, a last enjoyment, pleasure at the peace that will almost certainly be broken for a few days when the new birds arrive on Sunday. I must say that I do feel a measure of guilt at shattering the tranquillity of the old girl's rest home. On the other hand, it may be possible that the new arrivals will give them a new lease of life. David has worked out the route which we should take to collect them, and because the timing is over the lunchtime, we shall be taking sandwiches with us to turn a task into a family outing with a few packets of sandwiches and some fruit. Today is unusually busy for a Friday, mainly because I have two engineers coming to fit a new backup hob. The existing one is a bit of a dinosaur. It has two gas rings and two electric rings. Nobody has seen one like it before. It would never be manufactured or be allowed today, I suspect. Therefore, we have to have a gas engineer and an electrician to disconnect the old one. The irony is I never use it unless we turn the argo off. This morning is homeschool. The children and I prepared some bulbs and corns for India planting to bloom hopefully in time for Christmas. It's quite a rigmarole to get blooms for Christmas, but well worth it. You basically have to manipulate the bulb into believing that it has spent a winter underground and then to emulate an early spring. This is done by taking a bowl or vessel of some kind and putting first broken crocks or gravel at the bottom to ensure proper drainage. Then fill the bowl with bulb fibre, which is fibrous and holds water. 
but put the bulbs, either crocus, tulips, narcissus, or my favourite iris reticulata, in the bowl and cover with bulb fibre. I always well dampen the bulb fibre before I use it. Then take the bowl into the garden and dig a suitable hole to slip the bowl into the cover with soil. It is important to find a place that will remain undisturbed for a couple of months. And remember to mark the spot you've buried them. Often the spears start to show their green, shiny points about a month or three weeks before Christmas. Although not always. At this point, I dig the bowl up carefully and bring it into the conservatory, which is still fairly cool and it will give them a more natural climatisation. If they go straight into a warm room in the house, they may bloom too soon. They are fooled by the change of temperature, that with the gradual change in temperature, the spring is coming and will reward you with lovely spring bulbs just in time for New Year's Day. They will bring a bright splash of colour in the middle of a dark winter and also the bonus of the wonderful fragrance that is so enigmatic and typical of the sense of spring and the promise of warmer days. The children and I also have little bulb, double bulb growing vases. We each labelled one and drew a picture of a little mauve crocus and put our names on the label too. We filled it with water up to the neck and balanced the crocus corm on the top. They're now sitting on the window sill where the children will be able to watch the roots growing down and taking up the water and the green shoots appearing out of the top. And finally, the whole flower will bloom, hopefully, if we look after them properly and make sure that the water is topped up regularly. This way, the children will be able to observe what is happening below the soil in the ones that they have planted in the bowls. I certainly hope so. They are certainly very enthusiastic about it all. The new hob is now in situ, put in by two very nice engineers, who I must confess did slightly remind me of the Chuckle Brothers, who you, you of course won't be familiar with, but who were very popular on television in the late 20th century. One of them even physically resembled one of the actual Chuckle Brothers. They were very funny and worked in a very amusing way. I think that they probably could have had an alternative career. While one of them was very properly asking me to find my contract to see whether it had been agreed that they should remove and dispose of the old hob, the other engineer, the one that really did look like one of the Chuckle Brothers, was busy mouthing to me not to worry because they would take it away anyway. They were fun to have around and did a good job of fitting the hob with a very pleasant manner and a minimum of fuss. This afternoon I've been trying to get together carriers to collect the hens in. We of course forget that the many baskets and cat carrying holders that we used to have all went up in the shed fires earlier in the year. We have one cat carrier and a very old cat basket, one which was in the tap room and the other which was in the conservatory at the time of the fire and escaped being burnt. Nicky had the bright idea of ringing the vets to see if they had any cardboard pet carriers for sale, but they came up with even better. They had a quantity of old pet carriers in their loft that we could borrow, presumably left behind by owners after losing their animal companions. Problem solved. We should collect them tomorrow. Somehow, tomorrow is a really full-on day. I think I should stop writing now, as I'm going out tonight to see a very old friend. 
Going out is something I don't do very much, particularly without David or the children, and so a bit of an adventure, what? Saturday the 23rd of September 2017 For some reason I woke this morning at 5 o'clock, after a good night's sleep. I had a lovely time with my friend Fran last evening. We have found a very friendly little pub which caters for vegans and vegetarians. Most pubs and restaurants do these. It does seem to be a growing trend. I am sure that in your time, animals will no longer be offered on the menu. At the end of the evening, I was approached by someone that I didn't recognise at first, and he asked me if my name was Sheila. I said that it was, and he said that he had recognised me as the person who had directed a play at our local theatre that his daughter had been in. I asked him how long ago, and asked what part she had played, and he said... Baby Jesus. Ah, I replied. How is she now? Fine, he said. She's 25 and doing very well. Amazing, all that time ago. I remember that play very well. There were a series over 10 years, starting in 1990 and spanning the decade of evangelization, the last being part of the Millennium Festival. I could never forget those plays. The preparation, resourcing and writing of them took about 10 years of my life, brought many wonderful lasting friendships and a 50-strong group of people known as the One Solitary Life Players, or OSL, as it was better known. But that is all another story or set of books for the telling. Maybe someday I shall write those for you. This morning there is a much excitement. The cement mixer has arrived and all the wheelbarrows at the ready. David, Cynthia, Marshall and even Johnty and Rosie are all filling their wheelbarrows from the tank and dashing thankfully downhill to tip the cement into the base framework of the shed and running back up the nutwalk to fill up again. I, I appear to have been left out of the action because they say there is not enough wheelbarrows but I suspect it is so that I can make unlimited drinks. A great time was had by all, and Marshall, who is very amusing and plays the piano, came into the music room afterwards and sat down to, a, to do a Flanders and Swan on the said instrument. He sang to a mournful tune, a monologue, about Rosie, who we once loved dearly, who ended up, because of her naughty antics, disappearing into the cement. Typical big brother teasing. She didn't mind, though. Rosie enjoys being the centre of attention, even if it is being teased. I spent the morning in the rise garden sweeping up the debris that was left after Hurricane Aileen. Just twigs and small branches, really. Nothing like the devastation that Hurricane Irma left in the British Virgin Islands and in Miami in America. I finally got called down to the bottom of the garden to do some tamping of the cement, which I've now learned is when you finally smooth off the concrete and bring a, a mousse to the surface. Whatever that means. Next job, when David wakes up after his snooze, is to cart her out like a hen coop so that it is all smart and clean for the coming of the new girls tomorrow. That is definitely David's job. It is the dirtiest job that anyone could find. He usually has to dress up in apparel that resembles someone on the moon landing because of the poultry detritus that flies about in the spray that comes off. Afterwards, it's best to take his dirty garments on the end of a big stick and push them straight into the washing machine and put on a boil wash. 
David was given the Karcher as an offer on some insurance that he took out a few years ago. It was a surprise gift and on first use he became addicted, cleaning everything he could with his high-pressure water tool. Nicky also fell victim to its powers. Soon everything took on a new, clean appearance and you were in danger of being obliterated with this powerful tool if you didn't keep moving. David was known at home as Karcher Man. I drew the line when between them they plotted to remove the moss from the terrace balustrading, which had taken years to accumulate, and with his soft, velvety, verdant covering was definitely a delightful effect. Like the decorating of a celebration cake, you can often get carried away and overdo it, but first to collect from the vets the promised pet carriers. I will eat David gently purring in the chair beside me. A well-deserved rest. A secret time for pigs. There are some things you will not see a pig do. You will not see her dance, or play the spoons, or leapfrog the moon, as cows do. You will not see her playing the guitar. Yes, there are things you will not see a pig do. But I know where all the talented pigs go, and believe me, there are quite a few. They enter this, their creative space, one by one. Some are chuckling as they come, some in quiet contemplation. Some will swish their tails. But one thing only they will not do. They will not trot. Oh no, to get to this pigsty, they fly. Yes, each to the sty they fly, amused and quietly satisfied. A day's work done, their triumphant punctuations of, and pigs may fly. Notice how their gyrocoptic tails steady their impressive weight. This is a tight pig sting doing its hidden work. That's another one of David's poems.